Silence can make you feel pretty uncomfortable, can it? <laughs> but you know, that's exactly what the nation of Israel had from God for 400 years. Silence. He had not spoken through the prophets. He had not spoken through the kings. He had said nothing through the priests or anyone. For 400 years, God was silent. And it was an evening, common, average, everyday, normal evening, that God shattered that silence with the voice and with the presence of, his Gabriel, of Gabriel, his heralding angel, and this message to come and to awaken these poor shepherds, can you only imagine, in a sleeping world, to a message of joy, to a message of hope, to a message of salvation, to a message of grace, to a message of mercy, to a message of peace, all of which mankind and all humanity longed to know and to hear the voice of God. But I have a question. Was anyone listening? Because it's one thing to speak, it's another thing to be heard. I think we all understand that, and it's hard for us to listen, is it not? Two things it's difficult for us to do, wait and listen. We're so impatient. We usually end up st start talking to one another and not paying attention at all. I'm sure that the kids that are in here, uh, I'm sure if, if you're in class, there's some time in the, this last semester that your class probably got in trouble from the teacher from talking instead of listening, right? Right? Anybody out there? Don't, you got to tell the truth, right? Right? And I'm sure, guys, I am sure that you have been into a, had a, a conversation with your lovely bride that you love so much, and that you're about five minutes into this conversation, and, and all of a sudden you look at her with those eyes of love and appreciation, and you're preparing yourself to say these words that will make her fall in love with you all the more, when you look at her and say, are you talking to me? <laughs> And I'm sure even ladies, you too, have a problem with listening. I know you won't admit it, but it's true, because I can guarantee you, you've had one of your kids stand next to you and look up to you and go, Mom, 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 right? And you just, it's because we don't pay attention. We don't listen. And the one thing about Christmas is this. It's God screaming and yelling at us, listen. And I don't want to miss it. I want to distinguish the truth of God's love and God's hope, and I need to, I want to pay attention. And so, one more time this morning, I want us, want us to listen very well, which means to, to sit still, to listen, and as the teachers would say, eyes up here. Are you ready? Okay. Don't be afraid. For I bring you Good news that will create great joy for all people. For today, not tomorrow anymore. No more waiting. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you and you, to us. He is the Messiah, the Anointed One. He is the Lord. And I... Here's a sign for you, because I don't want you to get confused on whose baby is what. This is a unique baby, because this baby will be, you'll find him, and he'll be, he'll be wrapped in strips of cloth, and he'll be lying in a manger. And suddenly, suddenly, 
Just upon them and upon us, a, a heavenly host, a great company comes and joins that single angel, and he may begin worshiping God and glorifying him and saying, and I ask you to join in with that heavenly host in praising our God. And would you please re repeat with me this morning, this afternoon, these words. Let's shout it so the world can hear. Glory, Glory to God, God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I pray that this Christmas, that your heart, your mind, and your soul will listen to God's invitation to you to come and hear. We're so familiar with the word of the angel that night, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy. It's really a message that's woven a lot of ways in the whole fabric of the Bible. The angel says, you don't have to be afraid. Go and see. Go and see what I'm telling you about. See for yourself. The shepherds that night, very, very intriguing, uh, were so frightened by this message. It's an unusual night for them. Because here they are in the, in the dark. Now, I've, afraid the, I've been afraid of the dark. Anybody been afraid of the dark? Your kids been afraid of the dark? Absolutely. I've been too. And sometimes, even as an adult, the right time, the right place, the right occasion, I'll still be afraid of the dark sometimes. It's unusual that these shepherds were in the dark, perfectly comfortable. And then the light shone, and they were terrified. Usually, when the light comes on, I'm feeling better. But when the light came on that night, the, sh the, the shepherds were sore afraid. They feared with a great fear because it was a particular kind of light. It was the light of the glory of God. And when the glory of God comes near us, we are reminded that he's the creator and we're the creatures and we can come undone. It's not the first time it happened. Go back before Christ thousands of years. God created the heavens and the earth. He created this beautiful garden. And he put, put Adam there. He created Eve, put them together. They had complete freedom in this garden. They could do anything they wanted to do except eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But they had a life coach that stepped into their realm. And he changed things. Before that time... Uh, they lived in the glory of God. They lived in perfect intimacy with their creator. They lived in pure light, and they were not terrified at all in the, in, the, in the presence of the glory of God. But when this life coach stepped in, he basically said, Look, you don't need him. You can be master of your own life. You can call the shots. You don't need him telling you what trees fruit to eat and what not to eat. And Adam and Eve believed it, and they ate the fruit. And then God showed up. Until that day, they walked together in the cool of the day, the Bible says. But on this particular day, when they ate the fruit, they were sore afraid. And they hid from the presence of God. You ever been hired for a job you felt you were unqualified for? 
The person you interviewed with took a risk. I remember driving over to Plainfield to be the preacher here. And before I came, Bob Boswell called me. I was still in Ohio. He said, what do you want us to be doing? And I said, you got to be kidding. I don't know what I'm doing myself. <laughs> and all I could think of driving over, I'd never been a preacher at a church. And I thought, I I'm going to write a book someday, How to Kill a Church. <laughs> I felt like an imposter. Have you ever felt like an imposter in any form of your life? You felt underqualified. You felt what it makes you defensive it makes you anxious it makes you paranoid if somebody walks by or looking over your shoulder or going to examine your work it's a terrible feeling to have you can feel sore afraid in that kind of situation but you know when a person lives outside outside the reign of God himself it's an imposter's life because none of us are qualified to be our own master None of us, even those of us who are disciples of Christ, we have this tendency to wander a bit and, and, and not give God every area of our lives and hearts. Sometimes life comes in and challenges us in our health, our education, our, our job that we lose, maybe our investments, maybe our family starts to come unraveled, and we can feel sore afraid. And that's why this one who came to us is the only one qualified to be in this position of Lord and Master. And actually, the first place to getting to Christ Jesus as Lord is about grace, and it's about being terrified by who God is. That's how grace begins. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, when you finally understand that He's the Creator and we're the creatures, when I look at myself and know my own sin and, and that I am unqualified, I, there is no, there is, I have no business going to heaven based upon the sin in my life. How in the world can I ever get to heaven? I can't be good enough to go there. Well, the first, the first coming to the Lord is realizing that he, he, is, he is worthy to have first place, first position in my life. And when I realize that he, that he has the ability and the right to destroy me because of my sin and rebellion, that shakes me up. And that's grace. We love that hymn, uh, that, that old song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me, right? It also says, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. fear. Grace taught my heart to fear. In other words, it teaches us I have no right by myself to be in God's presence. I can only be sore afraid, but that same grace. It was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace, the same grace, the same grace, my fears relieved. So on one hand, I realize it's a terrifying thing to stand before God when I know my sin, but he's also provided the remedy through his son, Jesus Christ. So when Jesus approached John the Baptist to be baptized, John looked at him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What a God and what a Savior. And so we come together as believers in Jesus, as Savior, to participate in this meal we call communion or the Lord's Supper or Eucharist, all good words to use for it. A little piece of bread and a little juice that remind us of the supreme sacrifice made by Christ Jesus that we might be in a growing relationship with God, our Creator. What love. What love that he did this. That's why Christ is born. Please don't leave him in a manger. Don't leave Christmas as something sentimental. There's a lot of pain with Christmas. 
with the whole Christmas story as it unfolded. But it looks to the cross, the suffering servant, and ultimately to the resurrection and the exaltation of Jesus Christ. So if you're a growing believer in Christ, it's God's invitation himself to come and share in this meal together. It's spiritual nourishment for our lives and souls. This is the Lord's Day. So for those of you who are in the family of faith here, there are also offering plates here to give your tithes and offerings today. If you're visiting or a guest here, we don't expect you to participate in that. But it's for those of us who are a part of this family of faith here. And uh, we, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to sing right now, and then I will offer a prayer. And then, uh, as you like, make your way to one of these five tables. There are also tables outside the balcony in the hallway. And take the bread when you're ready, and then we'll partake of the cup in unison. And please, when you leave today, uh, deposit the, the cups in the receptacles um, outside the worship center here. Let's sing together. There was a night a long time ago, the night before Christmas, but without the snow. And on that night, little Sam couldn't sleep. He was staying awake to take care of his sheep. See, sheep aren't too smart. They're actually quite dumb. And so Sam the shepherd had a lot to protect them from. There were wolves and lions and robbers and snakes. That's why late at night, Sam was still awake. He sat under a tree counting the sheep, which isn't too smart if you're not supposed to sleep. <laughs> and the other shepherds were dozing around the campfire. It was Sam's turn to watch, even though he was tired. Oh, but oh, one more thing. Sam was scared of the dark. With those shadows and sounds, he felt fear in his heart. But when Sam got scared, here's what he said. He quoted some scripture that he had read. The Lord is my light. <laughs> I will not fear. He said it loud enough for all the robbers to hear. The Lord is my light. I will not fear. And when Sam said that, his fears disappeared. Then all of a sudden, there was light all around. The darkness was gone, and Sam heard a great sound. The others woke up from their sleep, terrified, and they all stared at the sky, scared and wide-eyed. Then through the light, they heard a great voice. It said, do not be scared, like they had a choice. <laughs> the voice from the sky said, don't be afraid. I have good news for you. This is a great day, but this news that I bring is not just for you. It's for your friends and your families and the whole world too. Go to Bethlehem, and there you will see the promised deliverer who will set you all free. I'll prove it to you, the angel said. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloth with a trough for a bed. Then all of a sudden, more angels came along, and together in glory, they burst into song. Tell God in heaven that he is the best, and peace to those on whom his favor rests. Then all of a sudden, just like that, they were gone. What a way to wake up, the shepherd said with a yawn. <laughs> But they were shocked and shaking. Their ears were still ringing, but now the night was quiet. There was no more singing. The shepherds stood in the dark in the now silent night. They didn't know what to do after their heavenly sight. They said, well, we can't go now about our herds. But Sam said, didn't you hear the angel's words? The Lord is my light. I shall not fear. Let's go find this baby. The Savior is here. So scaredy cat Sam led them all on the way. Not so scared anymore. It was an important birthday. Whose birthday, you ask? That's what they wanted to know as they ran to Bethlehem, their faces aglow. And all of a sudden, Sam stopped on the outskirts of town. He took off his hat, and he knelt to the ground. The others were breathless. They'd fallen behind. Panting and wheezing one by one, they arrived. And when they arrived, they couldn't believe 
when they looked around and saw Sam on his knees. This is it? This is all? A small little stable? No bed? No doctor? No operating table? Why would a baby be born in a barn? And why would a king come to a farm? See, the mystery of the manger had yet to unfurl. But there on a hay sat a man and a girl. What is it that brings you here so late at night? Sam stood and answered softly, Well, sir, we've seen a great light. He told of the angels, the message, and the song, and he asked, Is this the Messiah we've waited for so long? The man said, I'm Joseph. This is Mary, my wife, and we've seen angels too. The surprise of our life. What you've said is true. The Messiah is here. His name is Jesus. God himself has come near. Can we see him? Asked Sam, a smile on his face. Joseph turned, and they saw him there laying in the hay. There in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. God is here as a baby, Sam said amazed, and they knelt by that child, and they gave him praise. The Lord is my light, I will not fear. Sam said in wonder, now the Lord's light is here. Sam stood up excited and said, without a doubt, this is something that all people should know about. So just as fast as they came, those shepherds ran out and out into the town, proclaiming with a shout, he's here, he's here, God's light has come. They went to each house, not just one, not just some. The one who will save us is here at last. They told everyone they saw, from the first to the last, the light of heaven had come down to earth on that wonderful night with that baby's birth. And as Sam grew up, so did that Savior boy. He taught and did miracles and filled many with joy. He said, I have come to seek and save the lost. And he did. He went from a manger to a cross. And when Jesus died, it became dark as the night, but in three days, darkness gave way to light. Jesus emerged from the grave, alive and well. He said, I've beaten death and hell. Now get up, go and tell. And so we do. Just like Sam, we tell it with joy that the whole world can be saved because God sent his boy. There are people around us who don't know the story of Jesus, this baby who came down in glory. He's the best present ever. You can't keep him to yourself. So tell your teacher, tell your grandma, tell the elf on the shelf. <laughs> Take them the news. Tell everyone you, you know. Don't be scared. He is with you wherever you go. I'm the light of the world, Jesus once said, so go tell the world we have good news to spread. At this time, go ahead and take out your glow sticks, pass them to your kids if you haven't already. Let's crack those things and get them shining. God sent us light into our dark lives when Jesus came on Christmas Day, and now it's our job to shine the light of Jesus to a dark world that needs to see him this Christmas. Let's go tell the world. The lights are going to go down for this next song. Let's wave these lights as we shine the light of Jesus into a dark world this year. <laughs> 